Warning, this podcast contains explicit language and is best listened to while not a prude. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by one last round of our Donald Trump nickname contest. Our final winner is Ready Scoop One, who had Bad Santa with the Throwing Star armband. We also would have accepted Supremacist Santa, or SS. Honorable mention goes to Heath E., who had Lame Duck a l'orange. It's been a month. He's a lame duck. That's legitimate. Next week, we're going to switch over to physical descriptions of Steve Bannon. So tweet us your favorites using the hashtag scathingbannon nickname, and you could be the next winner. And now, Scathing Atheist. This is Brother Brewer from Skeptics Brew Pub, reminding you, believe nothing what you hear, half of what you see, never have a serious conversation without a two-drink minimum, and, oh yes, we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's March 2nd. And the friendly atheists are on the other podcast. <laughs> I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from New York, New York, Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is The Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, we learn that transphobia is a great way to lose your kid a state championship. We review a new mug technology turns hydrogen hydroxide into water. And Aaron Ra will be here to talk about maintaining an election for more than four hours. But first, the diatribe. This fucking Pope makes the news twice last week in the bit where he reduced the punishment for pedophile priests pissed me off second most. Now, to be fair, it was the worst of the two stories, even if it was completely unsurprising. Turns out through his entire tenure, Pope Franny May has been doling out some mighty lenient punishment for the kitty fuckers in his flock. And that's compared even to the paragon of evil that preceded him. As bad as he was, Benedict at least defrocked priests when they were caught with their dicks and kids. And we all said, hey, how about jail, huh? How about you turn them over to whatever third world shithole they were diddling the youngsters in in the first place to face the same kind of punishment their victims would face for stealing a loaf of bread. But apparently that was a strict pope because Pope Franny Pack isn't even willing to do that. And that's evidenced by a bunch of stories that hit the press last week, prompted no doubt by the case of Reverend Mauro Anzoli. Now, here we got a Catholic priest who is a known pedophile, gets clemency from the Pope, goes back out in the world, fucks more kids at another Catholic church. Now, according to numerous press reports, this is only one of many cases where the Pope decided to overrule the advice of the, uh, the, the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and reduce the sentences of known pederasts. This, despite publicly advocating zero tolerance and tougher penalties from day one, this duplicitous asshole who promotes the idea that people who choose the wrong God door on let's make a deal deserve to burn in hell for eternity is now going to hide behind the word mercy to justify letting priests get away with raping kids. And if there is one area where you can count on the mainstream media to live up to Donald Trump's billing of them, it's when they're talking about the fucking pope. Hell, I saw an ABC News report that seemed to suggest that the real risk of letting known child fuckers back into the churches to fuck children again is that it could, quote, come back to embarrass the church, end quote. 
But at least they're reporting on it, right? I, I mean, at least they seem to recognize that the Pope's the bad guy in this story. They may be soft-pedaling an unspeakably evil action, but at least they're hitting on the right half of the morality spectrum. And that's why it's the story that pissed me off second most. In terms of actions taken, again, yes, this is the worst of the two. But in terms of media reporting, the story that really pissed me off last week came out a couple of days earlier when the media started sucking a Pope's dick for suggesting that it would be better to be an atheist than a hypocritical Catholic. Be better to be an atheist than a Catholic who cheats his employees and launders money. Now, despite the belittling formulation of that thought, media outlets around the world seem to think that this is yet another example of how tolerant and enlightened this pope is. Now, I would like to think that the press would universally recognize the insult if you substituted any other minority, right? And maybe not Breitbart, but if, if he'd said, you'd be better off being a black than a hypocritical white, or you'd be better off being a gay than a hypocritical straight. Can't imagine anybody would see that as a laudable statement. Hell, we don't even have to move that far down the substitution scale, do we? If you used any other category of religious belief, it would scream bigotry to any casual observer. If he said, well, you'd be better off being a Jew, you don't think he would have netted any positive ink out of that, do you? But somehow he can say you categorically dishonest and immoral people are even worse than atheists and people hold it up like a badge of progressive honor. I, I mean, I guess that the underlying thought he's trying to express is semi-good, right? I mean, he's trying to reach out to his own flock and say, hey, stop doing dishonest shit. You're making us look bad. But when you can't express even that nanoscale iota of self-serving morality without throwing a billion atheists under the bus, should anybody really be applauding your effort? Atheists, often at least moderately better than money launderers. Probably not the theme of reason con this year, if I had to guess. And in a sense, I understand this, right? I, I mean, a backhanded compliment to atheists ranks substantially higher on the morality scale than actions that directly lead to fully preventable child rape. And if you want to say something nice about the Pope, that's really the bar you're trying to get over. But if that's the case, why the fuck would you be trying to say anything nice about him? You don't see news stories about how generous Jerry Sandusky is when the other inmates run out of shampoo, and there's a reason for that. I've been screaming about this ridiculous double standard for years now. On the one hand, he's sheltering Cardinal Pell, but on the other hand, he hugged a deformed guy and didn't throw up. How the fuck are those the two hands? That's less of a scale and more of a trebuchet. Why not run a weekly list of all the kids not raped by the Catholic Church, guys? Run headlines like, Pope Francis never whips orphans, or some of Pope's best friends are black. Look, this is more than a negligent insult. It portrays a profoundly bigoted worldview that just assumes some association between godlessness and immorality. He's catering to a stereotype that makes life dangerous in some places and deadly in others. And every media outlet who covered this with a rosy tint was doing the same fucking thing. If you don't assume that atheists are immoral, the proclamation makes no sense. And yet it seemed to make perfect sense to an awful lot of people. But for the record, as much of a dick thing to say as it was, it was also correct. You are definitely better off as an atheist than as a hypocritical Catholic. It's just that the same is true if you subtract the word hypocritical. I mean, let's talk morals here. A moral person would not try to keep condoms out of Africa. A moral person would not demonize birth control. A moral person wouldn't invest money opposing marriage equality referendums. And a moral person damn sure wouldn't continue to fund an institution after decades of unambiguous evidence show that their primary global function is keeping child rapists safe from punishment. You show me a moral Catholic... And I'll show you a hypocrite. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the pom frito fromage to my cheese fries, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, 
Are you ready to eat a place that serves non-organic soda once, maybe? Just one time? It's like a steak or something? Uh, you do not want carbon to hydrogen bonds in your soda. It is <laughs> well, revolting. Absolutely right. not. The waitress was surprisingly rude when I explained what room temperature actually meant, by the way. Dude, you tried to stab her with a meat thermometer. I tried to demonstrate with a meat thermometer. <laughs> All right, moving on. In our lead story tonight, we have some new information on a major priority of our president during this crazy time in the world. Major powers are mobilizing nuclear missiles. The Middle East continues to be on fire. And the replacement plan for Obamacare is something more better soon. Still. Choices. But... <laughs> but meanwhile, a good deal of trans kids have been shitting where they want. And that's why the president stopped what he was working on and took a serious look at the pandemonium in a small amount of our school bathrooms. And despite recently promising the exact opposite of doing stuff like this, Trump decided to withdraw the Obama era directives that protected these students from discrimination. OK, that well, that's not unreasonable. It's it's entirely unreasonable. It's dangerously wrong and stupid. Oh, sorry. I should explain. Uh, sometimes I tell jokes. What? Oh, I'm, I'm told that makes transphobia acceptable. By the way, unrelated, what's David Duke up to these days? Let's get him on the show. <laughs> okay, well, as long as he hasn't advocated pedophilia, I guess that's I guess that's fine. Habophilia. <laughs> I think that was a fabophilia. Is that Jewish kids? Hebo <laughs> it's like the that's what they've been saying Milo did a febophilia oh a febophilia yeah. he's, he's not into Jewish kids is what <laughs> and I, I want to be clear on this Trump does not give a fuck where trans people pee unless the Obamas have slept there before. This is a hundred percent red meat for Pence to shut up about something. And that's the thing that scares me most at this point. Like basically Pence can open up any drawer in the Oval Office at this point and say, make butt sex illegal. I'm telling CNN about that. <laughs> <laughs> Found that there. A few pranks from Joe Biden still in a few of those. <laughs> so uh, here, here's how this all happened. Trump had the Justice Department and the Department of Education send a joint guidance letter about all this to the public schools last week. But all it said was, we're taking away the last guidance thing from Obama and, and there's no replacement. Just so, a repeal. Yeah. So, so basically, we're not telling you that trans people are people and we're not telling you they're not. We're actually super confused by the whole concept is it he <laughs> she she they can they take shits we have no fucking clue <laughs> and interesting factoid can they take shits we have no fucking clue that's the standard valediction for all white house communications at this point <laughs> <laughs> the irritable bowel syndrome lobby is fucked <laughs> <laughs> all right so here's my final answer on this i came up with a new concept and mm -hmm. i really think it'll work literally everywhere I call it the bathroom. Uh -huh. It's just a big room full of people shitting and pissing together in harmony. You got black people, white people, men, women, non-binary, Jews. I'm talking everyone. <laughs> and we just see how it goes. You know, if it breaks out into an orgy of fecophilic sexual violence and, and people don't like it, then we change it. <laughs> but I have a funny feeling, you know, people are going to get on board. So, yeah. 
Very yeah, similar to my suggestions for reason con. And I have to admit, <laughs> I wasn't convinced, but now that I know state wrestling championships are on the line, I feel like protect from trans kids is going to start trending. So we might get the uh, South on board as well. Right, right. <laughs> and in vegetarian deli news tonight, we've got a bit of good news. Oh, that place with the tofu burgers opened back up. Uh, no. Why would that open back up? Why would you tease me like that? Why can't you? Why? I like to see the disappointment glaze into your eyes. No, no I was talking about the world's largest retail of, of Christian-themed merchandise who announced last week that they're going to be closing their doors for good. The Grand Rapids, Michigan-based Family Christian Stores has 240 retail locations in 36 states, but after 85 years of a healthy living selling all the books they didn't burn, apparently the market for self-effacing old lady wall clutter dipped sharply, leading the chain to file for bankruptcy protection two years ago and announced their liquidation last week. You laugh, but like three-quarters of our audience just ran out of places to buy shit for their grandmother. Myself included. <laughs> well... You can get plenty of racist stuff on uh, Amazon. You'd be surprised. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Racist I wish I wish. on Amazon. <laughs> now, I, you know, I don't want to rejoice too much in the fact that some 3,000 people are going to be losing their jobs over this. Mm, that's but, my job. <laughs> obviously. But as a curious pre-internet kid that grew up in a town that only had Christian bookstores... I can't help but dance on their grave. Too many times I've been trying to ham them money as they said, sorry, no, we can't order you that book. It's of the devil. No sympathy. I feel you. Okay, you asked the lady at Barnes & Noble for naked pictures of her. And, and she said no. And they're I out understand. of business now, as you see how it happens. <laughs> and I should also know that the chain did a lot of charitable work for oppressed people around the world, but... Now they no longer sell the thing that's used to oppress so many people around the world. So I feel like that kind of balances out. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to be sympathetic to Dave's child abduction because they do such good work for veterans. <laughs> Hold on. Because they do such good work for veterans or because they do such good work for veterans? Which are you? Can it be both? I feel like it can be both. <laughs> it cannot. It's like Starbucks. <laughs> How is it like Starbucks? Abduct I'll children. just dive right back in. <laughs> now, the company blames their financial woes on the fact that they're a bookstore and even old ladies have stopped using those by now. And that's fair. I mean, it'd be easy to try to paint this as evidence of the decline of Christianity in America. And some amount of it is that. But dedicating a whole bookstore to people that only like the one book seemed like a doomed business model from the start, if you ask me. Of course, if you ask those intellectuals over at WorldNet Daily... They'll tell you it's because the chain was selling, in their words, too many heretical books. Really? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel like that's less of a competing <laughs> theory and more of a vindication of my theory. But, you know, I mean, there's like 950 chicken soup for the soul books now. So at a certain point, it became an issue of square footage, right? <laughs> Grandma needs a Kindle. <laughs> and in, there will no longer be security at Ireland's airport news tonight. See, Noah, you like that? You like teases? You like it when someone says a thing you really hope? No. And actually, in CPAC Stravaganza news tonight, little riddle for you. What's the difference between atheists on Twitter and CPAC? I don't know. What is the what, difference between that, atheists Eli? and Twitter and CPAC? <laughs> CPAC understands that Milo and Richard Spencer don't deserve a platform. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this story is about. I just needed to say that or I'd die. <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> Thank you. Beat you to it. See, no reason to do it now. <laughs> no, luckily for the unity of our movement, CPAC was filled with folks who I think we can all agree are good old fashioned bonkers, including three state representatives who participated in a panel called, quote, if heaven has a gate, a wall and extreme vetting, why can't America? End oh, quote. for fuck's sake. <laughs> Great question. No, they're not. Also, uh, why can't America have flying babies? We should have... <laughs> Mexico needs to buy us baby drones. <laughs> those are drones that only kill babies for those <laughs> drones. Or, or we could just tell the Texas legislator we're going to use them to fly aborted tissue to heaven. Cha-ching, baby drones fully funded. I know how this shit yeah. works. Or that, Sure. Now, of course, the comparison between heaven and America is rather apt. Everyone thinks they deserve to get in and other people don't, but for different reasons. Uh, they're both generally made up concepts to convince the stupid of tribe loyalty. And lest we forget the most important part, most of the people who like the idea of getting in don't mind consigning the people who don't to hell. <laughs> Any other similarities? Oh, uh... Racist dictator. Uh, misogynistic yeah. rule book. Uh, mm -hmm. No Muslims allowed. Trans mm -hmm. people are unwelcome. Uh, lots of aborted fetuses <laughs> walking around. They're like the bats of heaven. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh. Uh. Oh, God. Uh, trap it. Trap it. <laughs> See? Ton there. Compliments. If sandwich. they bite you, you get babies. <laughs> yeah. See? Don't let it See? walk up the wall. Sweep it down. <laughs> Sweep it down. They can't fly. If they... I know very little about bats. <laughs> Look, either way, I think we can agree whether heaven or America, nobody at CPAC deserves to be there. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and in green eggs aren't the issue news tonight, officials and residents in Grant County, Kentucky, are starting to express a bit of buyer's remorse in the wake of the Ark Park failing to assist the local economy in any appreciable way over the first two-thirds of a year it's been open. According to the county's judge executive, Steve Wood, the Ark Park has been, quote, a great thing, but it's not brought us any money, end quote. A great thing in what sense? Making your town a laughing stock? Making it yeah. easier to land planes because you're the town with the giant boat? Like, what are they? <laughs> I really want some MIT kids to prank them now. Just like take the whole thing apart one night and hide it and just have another team assemble the thing at Mount Ararat and freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> and look, like economically speaking, this all makes sense. Anybody assessing this critically would have known that what little attendance this place would draw would be too seasonal to support hotels and chain restaurants. And it's not like chain restaurants are storming to a location that caters to shitloads of people who don't drink on the rare occasion it caters to shitloads of people at all. You know, we've reported before on the fact that despite a referendum allowing alcohol sales in the formerly dry county, not a single bar has opted to open in the area. And as for the promise of jobs, well... Turns out that only counts if you're a young earth creationist Christian that hates fags enough. So, yeah, to be fair, I think you lost him at assessing this critically. So it all kind of <laughs> falls apart there. Yeah, no, I think so. Well, and if we're being technical, kind of falls apart in uh, Genesis chapter six, if we're going to go. All the way down, <laughs> like... Now, it's worth pointing out, by the way, that this is a lot more than a simple disappointment since the park itself was largely funded through tax incentives and local investments. Meanwhile, the county is teetering on the edge of bankruptcy and might be forced to shed some municipal jobs to make their budget work this year. So congratulations, Grant County, Kentucky. You believe the words coming out of Ken Ham and you got what you deserved. Mm. And in Team Danish news tonight. See, this is why I can't listen to their show. 
<laughs> Wait, because because demons caused your autism? That too. That too. Okay. <laughs> it's a cog disc joke. Well, we can't listen to their show. Someone right now is like, I don't get it. Oh, good. Yeah, that 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 would be me. <laughs> good. Why can't I listen to their show? Too much stuff. Tom will get it. <laughs> Long tail marketing. You know, one of the hardest things to report on in this show is the parts of the world that are truly backwards. Backwards places where men and women are thrown into prison for the imaginary crime of blasphemy. Mm. Of course, I'm speaking about the third world country of Denmark. <laughs> Denmark? But they're like they're like Germany's Canada. Everyone's nice. There's less Nazis. <laughs> they speak in trochaic meter. I bet the blasphemy is adorable. Like, yes. we hate the God. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Dude, quit sucking up to Canada better than me and Eli, all right? Let's catch up. I did it iambic, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> so for those who are curious why a country otherwise known for not being as close to Sweden and Finland as you think is still one of five countries in the European Union that has blasphemy laws on the books. Like 10 years ago, someone drew a cartoon which made everybody lose their fucking minds and stab someone in the heart. And since that was literally the only thing to ever happen in Denmark since it was founded, they <laughs> sort of decided to blame it on the cartoon drawing people and not the stabby ones. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> This is why we need to be able to stab Nazis. Wait, <laughs> the opposite? Which is it? It's the, what, opposite. It's, it's, it's the opposite. The yeah. opposite? Yeah. Stab Jews. <laughs> Meanwhile, cut to Harold Bluetooth, son of Gorm the Old, going, come on, guys. <laughs> cool stuff. So here's the basic story. John, Jesus, these fucking names. Salvinson? Sure, let's say that. <laughs> posted a four-minute video of himself burning a Koran on Facebook in 2015. Okay. But he's been charged with the laws now because many people believe prosecutors want to make an example of him. Probably because they didn't think the murder last decade was harsh enough deterrent. I don't really <laughs> I guess, I guess not. Yeah. Muslims, they need more safe spaces, am I right? Right? That's what, I think yeah. that's what Eli's saying. <laughs> And look, we should point out this guy, uh, John Shavirfirf, for all purposes, seems to be <laughs> hating Islam the wrong way. But sadly, the problem with freedom is that it also needs to apply to assholes who hate Islam the wrong way. And even though he could only spend four months in jail and will, in all likelihood, just pay a large fine, the law is bad. It's a bad law. doesn't bad matter law. that you'll only get a ticket for pissing off elephants and woozles and that it's happening to John Boehner. Bad law. So we're against it. No. Stop it. Stop and it. Speaking of Boehners and being against it, we're going to pause for a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucid. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It's a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. You know what? I'm feeling pretty cheery this week, and it's because of one of the few silver linings around the shitstorm that is the Trump administration. Passive aggressive activism. You've heard of this, you know, donating to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name, donating to the ACLU in Jeff Sessions' name, donating uh, pretty much anywhere good in Trump's name. And of course, you do this along with their address so they get a thank you card. It's just about the best way I can think of to say fuck you while doing some good. And I've always kind of wondered, you know, what do these assholes think about this stuff? 
I mean, everyone I just mentioned has a staffer to throw those notes in the garbage for him. But luckily, this week, we found out what misogynistic nutbag Pastor Greg Locke thinks about it. He posted a video to his Facebook page titled, Planned Parenthood sent me a personal thank you, and it has me lit. This, of course, in the traditional angry Christian font known as all caps. In the video, he takes a break from looking like a Halloween costume of a bass player to express his extreme displeasure at having a donation made in his name in a combination of down-homey ignorance and angry that was too good not to share. So first, he just reads the letter out loud. And then, when he realizes it doesn't list how much the donation is, says, quote, At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big or how small it was. It was an absolute waste of your money, and the stamp was an absolute waste of your money as well. So, fuck you and the postage you wrote in on. He goes on, quote, There has never been an organization in the world that has killed more innocent people, other than radical Islam, than that of Planned Parenthood. End quote. I love how he's trying not to cross his anti-Muslim bigotry audience with his anti-choice audience there. Very political. I so wanted him to keep going with, and the Jews and the assholes who says, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Uh, anyway, sorry. He continues, Planned Parenthood does not give the flip of a wooden nickel about women's health care. It's a bunch of deceptive individuals that are in it for the money that have been known to sell baby parts on the black market, and they have done nothing but butcher innocent lives for years, end quote. There's nothing quite so fantastic as slap my ass and call me Sally down homie sings combined with pizza gate levels of nutbaggery to bring a smile to my face. He concludes, y'all can keep butchering babies. I'm going to keep speaking the truth. And since we all are going to keep butchering babies and he's made it abundantly clear that he's just going to throw the thank you cards away, I guess you probably should not make a Planned Parenthood donation in his name and send the thank you card to Greg Locke's church at 2060 Old Lebanon Dirt Road, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, 37122. And if you forget which address not to send it to, check the show notes and make sure you send it somewhere else. Because the last thing we need is another apocalyptic bumpkin screed. And while I watch this video another four or five times, I'm going to turn you back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in But I Bet He Watches Lesbian Porn News Tonight, a Texas judge has filed a lawsuit against his superiors for trying to make him watch an LGBT diversity video. Texas Social Security Administration Judge Gary Suttles filed suit claiming the video created a religiously hostile work environment and thus violated his First Amendment right to discriminate against gay people or, or to, uh, to not hear about not discriminating against or. I'm sorry, to, not to hear how not to discriminate. I can't remember how they phrase that in the Constitution <laughs> or something like that. I think it says, um, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. <laughs> it is abomination. That's, That's what it says. Or, or in layman's terms, la, 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 I can't hear you. And I think it's a constitutional right not to la, la, la. <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> One or the other, yeah. So according to Suttles, he bent over backwards to try to accommodate his superiors on this matter, and he would have bent over frontwards too, but that's against his religion. He points out that he's offered to take a professional ethics course or alternate diversity seminar that didn't include gay people as part of its program, thus Wait, proving the importance of making him watch this shit. You can't. What, what does he think that alternate diversity seminar is? Just him and one other guy? 
You guys are crushing this. Women be shopping. All right, let's go to Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> so through a combination of the rules applying to all the people and a belligerent regimen of not getting it, he was eventually told that he didn't have to watch the video so much despite him hating gay people as because of him hating gay people. So he sued them. I just love that he tried to compromise with some alternative diversity, which is not right. diverse. Yep. Like, I'll watch a black guy, a white guy, and a Jew walk into a bar, but they can't fuck. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody said porn. So nobody the opposite porn. of me. I'll allow miscegenation, but not anti-segregation. <laughs> no, so, but that really truly is the crazy fucking thing about, as odd as it is to see a conservative Christian judge in Texas advocating so strongly for safe spaces, the real story is what he thinks they're going to make him watch. <laughs> right? Because according to the SSA, it's 17 minutes of, hey, try not to hate gay people, even if they look weird. But based on Suttle's reaction, he's definitely expecting tassels and oil. And... We can make that happen. I'd be willing to ninja my way into a courthouse and swap out the tapes. Might as well get our money's worth out of Andrew. I'm just saying, lots of good reasons to give us crazy billionaire money. We do much better things than reignite nuclear arms races with it. Yeah, And if we're being honest, probably also eventually reignite a nuclear arms race. But first, first there would be pranks. And, and that's the point. And I want to do that thing with Andrew dropping into a room like Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> not to go down a rabbit hole no literally go down the rabbit hole <laughs> that's where the vent is <laughs> and finally tonight in mugs for muggles news if you've been feeling like your water isn't magical enough anymore it is time to stop worrying yep it is because the active water technology experts over at harmonyh2o.com <laughs> Have the perfect product. That's not why I was. It's thinking. the active mug. And for 73 easy payments of $1, you can change ordinary water into hexagon water. <laughs> what? That's right. Hexagon water. See, most people are drinking water with five sides or less <laughs> or, or water with seven or more sides. And that's not how God intended yeah, nah, man, I saw what the bleep do we know, and now I don't drink anything that hasn't been complimented for at least a day. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped drinking water altogether and just wrote quenched on my face with an eyeliner. Ooh, I do that, but I already wrote Scarlett Johansson's thighs, and I don't want to smear it. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to, I don't want to quibble with your pronunciation, Heath, but I believe the name of the product is Active Mug! Yeah, all right. There's, a, there's an exclamation mark on there. Okay, well, uh, Sounds like you guys might be feeling a little skeptical at this point, but you should stop <laughs> feeling skeptical because according to HarmonyH2O.com, quote, if you're wondering whether this is not yet sick, another attempt to launch some product with allegedly miraculous properties just to earn money, we propose a deeper immersion in the underestimated world of nature, end quote. So not the part of nature you're estimating correctly or perhaps overshooting but the other parts of nature right more explore what is that is okay if you think this is a bullshit money grab have you considered walking into a forest pool what, what the fuck are you they not saying? i don't maybe that's just how a yoga instructor threatens to waterboard you <laughs> oh well now i want to watch a season of 24 starring a yoga instructor just <laughs> Going rogue, blocking terrorist chi until they tell him where the bomb is. <laughs> Try that. <laughs>
subluxation, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's a few of the other things they say at HarmonyH2O.com. First of all, and we started to mention this already, these guys are pretty sure that water is supposed to have molecules that form into hexagons. What? But right around the same time that pink sludge started forming under New York City from all the negativity, I guess that's when it happened, lots of the world's water supply started turning into bad shapes, like fucking octagons and shit. Yeah, in Flint, the water is just a triangle. That's how bad it is. <laughs> and meanwhile, those motherfuckers in Gross Point are drinking like Casa Tetra guys. It's fucking greed. It's capitalism. Greed. My shape was real. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> 24-sided. Now, the site also mentions that water is the only substance that can be solid, liquid, and gas. What? Uh, sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently stuff like CO2 is a hoax. Oh, I see. Yeah. You and Tucker Carlson. Yeah, right. You'll find a lot of people to agree with you on that one. Yeah. And just about every other element as well. Also, hoaxes. The uh -huh. periodic table, it's a scam by the Knights Templar. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Melting points don't burn that hot. <laughs> yes. so, so, bottom line, water's more important than gold because if we're all dead from dehydration, the the gold doesn't really help anyone. It huh? literally says that. On the it doesn't really. <laughs> yep. Which is why Jews secretly control all the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, point being, we need to get those hexagons back. And that's because studies have shown that, quote, the whole stock of drinking water in the world, i.e. 0.3% up to 99%, that's all of it in the world, has disturbed or damaged <laughs> structure. Active water technology is the answer to this situation, end quote. And I feel like, and I'm not trying to take sides here, but I feel like if they promised to make the Dakota Access Pipeline out of active mugs, it would probably peel off a lot of the protesters. Oh, honestly. yeah. <laughs> Protect the shape bed. <laughs> okay, well, obviously... We want these guys as a sponsor. Oh, yes. So let's give them a taste of how we might advertise their mug. We'll need 30 seconds on the clock. Opening line ideas for the active mug infomercial. Go. All right. You're making this tough on me. Um, have you recently been narrowly adjudicated mentally competent to make purchasing decisions on your own? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's me. Call the bug of bag of cards. <laughs> Do you vaguely understand shapes, but not science? <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about, uh, does your water taste like a fucking dodecagon? <laughs> well, you're consuming double the recommended amount of water sides. Water sides. Mm -hmm. uh, how about just act now before I tell you what we're selling? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I got a line reading here. Uh, hey, Heath, what you drinking? Oh, just this. Square water. <laughs> See, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, how about, uh, you've tried drinking it. You've tried, well, mostly it's just drinking it. So, hexagons. <laughs> Is your water feeling out of shape? <laughs> All right, how about, uh, for just the price of your morning cup of coffee, you could double the amount you spend on your morning cup of coffee. <laughs> Put those last three together. Yeah, we got a whole ad right there. And now that we've helped rid the world of toxic Pentagon water, I suppose we can close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. 
Yahtzee rhymes with Nazi. <laughs> and when we come back, Aaron Ra will be here to have the luxuriant mane of hair off against me that you've all been waiting for. As many of our listeners know, two weeks ago, my good name and score on Thomas Takes the Bar Exam were besmirched on our friend-turned-enemy podcast opening arguments. So in the grand tradition of the secular community, we declared a podcast feud along with the revelation that Thomas Smith doesn't have any feet. And while the death threats, in our opinion, were definitely lacking, we wanted to read some of our favorite posts tagged hashtag T in the feet. Honestly, we loved all of these, but our show is only an hour, so Morgan, hit us with that music. All right, first up, from at Hayden P. Jones. At Eli Bosnick, it would be hashtag toe much to bear, a literal hashtag heel on earth, if at T and the B did not have a hashtag soul. Hashtag T and the feet, hashtag silly. Skeptic cunt man writes. Ask yourself this, Eli Bosnick. If T and the B didn't have any feet, why does he host comedy shoeshine? That takes balls and feet. Hashtag T and the feet. At Apathy Arising writes. Fake news agitator at Eli Bosnick, known Jew, defending yik yak lies. Sad. See you in Foot Locker. Hashtag T and the feet. From at Smallblocks15. Ableist Eli Bosnick keeps saying terrific T and the B has no feet. Sad. He's jealous that Thomas has many feet. The best feet. Hashtag T and the feet. At NRR Prophet says... Fake shoes. Hashtag T and the feet. At Skeptic Alice tweets... At T and the B, it's easy to prove liable. Just show us the long form feet form. If not, you basically confirm the other side. Hashtag T and the feet. From Illuminati. At T and the B. My intuition, which is all I have to go on, open args episode 44. Why don't you go on your feet, Thomas? Hashtag T and the feet. At Jenna Crail says. You know what they say about big feet, but what do they say about no feet? Hashtag T and the feet. And of course, no list like this would be complete without response from the accused himself, who tweets, quote, Ask yourself, if I didn't have feet, how else would I have my shoe size memorized? It's medium large. Hashtag T in the feet at Eli Bosnick lies. <laughs> so, so once again, a huge thanks to everyone who submitted evidence to help out the truth. If you haven't gone on Twitter and checked out hashtag T in the feet yet. Do that. There's so much good on there, but a lot of it's visual. So check it out visually. And a quick reminder, if you're a proper skeptic and you'd like to check for yourself, Thomas will be our special guest for our live god-awful movies at ReasonCon this year. If you haven't gotten your tickets for ReasonCon yet, grab them quick. It will almost certainly be sold out. And if you've never come to a con, there is truly no more welcoming and fun place to meet the community and share a beer with us. Or Heath, actually, because Eli and I don't drink. Or three beers with Heath. Yeah, but we'll share other things with you. The AIDS virus. Over the month-plus administration of schmuck orange atheists have seen signs that the wall between church and state is rapidly eroding. 
from an education secretary that vociferously endorses public funding for religious schools to attempted preferential immigration to Christians to the explicit threat to repeal the Johnson Amendment. And in that same time, a number of our listeners have written in asking for advice on what they can do to fight back. Well, my guest tonight is fighting back in the best way possible, in my opinion. He's running for office. Aaron Ra is a science educator, a formidable debater, and one of the most sought-after speakers in the atheist movement. He produces some of the best atheist videos on YouTube. He's the host of the Raw Men podcast and now a Democratic candidate for the Texas State Senate. Aaron, welcome to The Scathing Atheist. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, really glad to finally have you. Okay, so it seems to me that the American political system at the moment is just kind of humming right along, doing great. So why throw your hat in the ring now of all times? <laughs> humming along, doing great, are we? <laughs> I, I, see, uh, I see the issues that we're dealing with uh, in, in the U.S. right now and globally, both you know, not just as a matter of, of human rights, but also uh, environmentally and economically. I see that we are facing some of the biggest issues in in the most compromising situations that anyone has ever seen in you know current living memory and yet it would seem that everybody wants to distract from what really is important and what really matters and and uh, just try to make sure that the trans people can't pee as if that is that's the issue that we need to be focused on really yeah you know, i mean how how is that even how how does that matter to anybody over what's really going on? There are realities on our horizon looming that nobody's even acknowledging yet. And I'm not even talking about the environmental situation that everybody's in denial about. But other things connected to that, I mean, do you realize that we've already consumed 95% of the fish in our oceans? Do you realize that you know in two years or in four years, rather, we will have, or three, I guess now, by, by one report, we will have lost 75% of the vertebrate animals that we had in 1970. Yeah, I mean, as we're recording, I'm in Pennsylvania in February, and it's about 64 degrees outside. So, yeah, the warning signs are everywhere for you. Yeah, and so there, there's there's that to consider. And then there's a, there's an awful lot more, too, because, you know, people are talking about our economy as if – now, this is a funny thing. I noticed that uh, we have all of these science deniers who, who deny – that the climate is changing, who also coincidentally deny evolution and who seem to deny that demographics change also. <laughs> I, and I don't understand how they don't realize this, because if you look at the demographics of the United States just a few hundred years ago, it was a lot less white than it is now. True that. You know, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot different in a couple of hundred years than it is today if there's anything left of it, if it's not just a smoldering heap. But the the economy changes also. I mean, let's look at back a hundred years ago, and let's let's remember that a hundred years ago was you know a dramatic improvement over two hundred years ago. But it was also the lowest point of the standard of living in the United States. This is when children did not have compulsory education. They they didn't have schools that they had to go to. We didn't offer free education. There was no Department of Education. There was no Board of Education. There was no standardized education at all, right? You had a, a handful of school teachers that would go about, and that would be about it. Not much structure or standardization and, and very little prep for uh, higher education, except, of course, for the rich, which is kind of what they're leading toward now. Uh, if you listen to the, the Republican stance on pretty much anything, what they want to do is they want to take us back to the way things were 
the good old days of 100 years ago. And I mean in terms of civil rights, in terms of unions, not just in labor unions and such, but also, you know, health care and, you know, again, having the, the children back in the workforce. Because some Republicans have actually admitted that, you know, what, what are you going to do with the kids if they don't have to go to compulsory education anymore? They can return to the workforce. And so we had, you know, child labor struck down in court a couple of times over this. We've had people, this is what they want. This is what they want to go back to 100 years ago. This is the lowest, as far as, think about regulations, right? They want to deregulate everything. When when uh, industries were deregulated, were, were never yet regulated for, you know, their, their pollution, for their, their treatment of their employees. When housing wasn't regulated, when the environment wasn't regulated, look what happened. We had pollution levels that were un, you know, unprecedented and unmanageable, and, and we had people living in absolute squalor. Mm-hmm. This is where they want to take us back to. And, and so my biggest issue is as a politician, my number one priority is the standard of living. I mean, it's not it's not enriching the rich. It's not making great oil deals. It certainly isn't making deals that will make things better for some people right now, but will end up screwing over most people in a couple of years. We, I want things that are going to be long term and benefit the most people. I want to promote the middle class because I think promoting the middle class actually helps both the rich people and the poor people at the same time. And I think we have good precedents for that in our past history. All right. So I, I would imagine we could spend a lot of time talking about the why, but I also want to focus on the how. Um, because I've got to admit, if I wanted to run for office, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So if any of our listeners are thinking about following in your footsteps, can you give us an idea about the process? Like, what, what's the first thing that you need to do? Well, first, I want to get into the importance of why you do it. Uh, I mean, because I, I didn't really get into that. When I became an activist uh, 20 years ago, it was because I had gotten into conversations online with various religious people who said that they proudly bragging that they had positioned certain senators or judges or what have you exactly the way their church ministers told them to vote, which, of course, you know, this is against the Johnson Amendment, right? This is why they're not supposed – this is why churches are not supposed to lobby and also remain tax-free, but they've been doing this forever anyway, right? So you have – Every level of government, and certainly it's the case in Texas. Here in Texas, every level of government is is dominated by not only Republicans, but right-wing, conservative, Christian, uh, very often uh, dominionist ideologues. So that's kind of stifling. That's our governor. That's our lieutenant governor. That's practically everybody mm-hmm. in, in government right now, and just like it is with just about everybody in uh, the presidential administration right now. And I think this is going to be to my advantage in two years when people realize that having all three branches of federal government run by these sorts of people – uh, with these with these myopic lack of policies or or just dangerous attitudes, I mean, if you were to ask a child, what are they going to do if they're president? You know, the child doesn't know anything, so the first thing the child is going to say is be, is probably build up the military, because that's the most infantile, naive approach. <laughs> Right. So exactly. Right. So we're going to we're going to cut Medicaid, Medicare and Social Security. We're going to screw everybody out of everything and particularly education. And why are we going to get rid of education? Because we need more Republicans. We're going to do that. And then we're going to say that we don't have enough money to do what poorer countries can do so successfully. But at the same time, we're going to conjure another 50 billion dollars for our military, and it doesn't matter that we already spend more on our military than any other nation, and it doesn't matter that we already spend more on our military than we do anything we should be spending anything on. Mm-hmm. And I mean by a, by a vast amount already. 
what is it, half our budget, over half goes to the military? Seriously? Why? And this is probably why we have the absolute worst foreign policy. You know, if one man walks into a room carrying nine guns, he's probably not going to be the diplomat. Yeah. So now let's talk, because it seems to me that, you know, in a liberal bastion like Texas, this might be an easy (laughs) uh, thing to do. So let's talk Vegas odds. I mean, you're in a pretty red part of a very red state. I I definitely understand why you're going after this. But what what do you think the odds are that you can actually win here? Oh, very slim. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, in in the best of situations, I mean, it would be hard for me. I mean, if, if for those who don't know, if if you don't know who I am, I mean, I, I kind of look like a um, a Klingon Disney villain. <laughs> I, I am not your 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 average uh, political candidate, but you know, this is an atypical candidacy. Uh, uh, this is going to be an atypical run because these are crazy times, mm-hmm. and I I don't think the the hair my hair length matters at all anymore. I just don't think it does. It, it, things have gotten that nuts. Yeah. Well, and even if you don't win, a, a strong showing or a stronger than expected showing of a blue candidate in Garland, Texas, has to send a real message to the Republicans who seem to think, like you said, that the demographics are locked down for all of eternity and that these are not people they can perpetually ignore. Well, you remember when I said that you know people are going to be a little bit tired of having everything right wing, you know, uh, dominionist extremists, right? When you're so far to the right that it's impossible to go any further to the right, the only way to go back to the middle is to go left. Right. So, if I so I I'm going to pull this this uh this race to the left because my opponent is as far right as is humanly possible to be. This guy describes himself as a as a uh, a Tea Party believer. And of course, he's a science denier. He, he denies climate change. He denies evolution. All of this. His whole platform is based on prejudice. He wants to deny trans people the ability to pee. That's his number one issue. He wants to build that wall that is fiscally impossible and will not benefit anybody. And he wants, of course, to keep uh, prisons private and drugs illegal so that we can continue to fund foreign wars and so forth. I don't mean to put words in his head because uh, I don't think he's ever said to fund foreign wars. But, you know, you, you, can, you can extrapolate as you will. Please tell me there will be debates. I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> I can't tell you how much fun I'm going to have with this. I mean, it's going to be like, how do, how do I put this? You give an idea. This guy ran before he got his position because there was no Democratic candidate running against him. So I was the first to do so. And although I have heard that there were other candidates who, who may do, so far as I know, I'm still the only uh, Democratic candidate uh, facing against this guy. He went against a, in the primary. He had a, a Republican going against him, and that Republican can, uh, attacked him for saying uh, saying that he didn't pay his taxes. Mm-hmm. So the response was to accuse his Republican opponent of being inspired by Satan. Fuck's <laughs> sake! So if if in and this is the this was the, uh, the most recent election I would think it was like 2014 I think, but nonetheless I mean if we're still in a state where where we can accuse each other of witchcraft, <laughs> then what is he going to do with me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my word! This is going to be so much fun. I can say you're not the only one looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a I'm going to have a great time with this, and uh, the worst that I could do I think. If I could, I could fail the election. I'd still pull it to the left, right? And I, I think 
and this is my my own prediction. I think the Republicans already know what a basket case this guy is. And maybe people aren't paying attention to that because look who's in the president right now. I mean, the White House is a, has become a loony farm. So maybe nobody will notice what's going on down here at home. But I would think that the, the Republican Party would want to replace that guy and find somebody more reasonable. And that means finding someone more moderate. And that means finding someone not quite so far right. Or at the very least, you know, I mean, you start to make a strong showing in the polls. You're drawing money away from their machine to uh, to put into a place uh, to a race that they think is locked up. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways this can be a win without a win. Yeah. And, and I'm not doing this as a protest vote. I'm not doing this as a publicity stunt. I'm actually doing this with the intent of winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was inspired by uh, a friend of mine, Steve Hill in Los Angeles County. He, he ran uh, for California State Senate as an open Satanist. And I I was surprised that he did that. I, he did it more or less as a as a protest vote. And it's a shame that he did because he actually got a whole lot of votes. <laughs> and had he won. He actually would have been better than most people you ever find in in Congress. I mean, he would have been an excellent applicant. So I'm I'm hoping that he runs again. And uh, I'm hoping that he actually gets it this time. Right on. Because he's a good guy. I mean, he, he really does. He cares about the people. He, like me, he identifies as a Bernie crowd. I mean, it, it, we didn't follow Bernie out of any kind of a cult status. It's that he was saying things that resonate with what the people need in our everyday lives. Not what the corporations need, not what the super rich need, but things to make sure that you know, your mother can still get her prescriptions at the grocery store and that her life is not adversely affected by the shit that you're doing. I mean, this is what we need to be concerned with, right? Uh, that the kind of world that we have that, that our children are going to inherit from us, that our parents are going to have to live through. You know, we shouldn't be taking away all their health care. We shouldn't be terrorizing them and filling them full of fear all the damn time. Wouldn't it be great if we had news that soothed people and calmed them down and was actually more or less objective and not trying to always terrify somebody? I think that'd be nice. Every now and then they throw in a nice little news story about puppies and kittens or something. But, you know, you can show good news on occasion and maybe even highlight that sometimes. Yeah, no, I think it would be nice to like maybe have a newscast that would help people understand that the violent crime rate is going down and has been for a decade plus uh, rather. Yeah, that doesn't work when the religious machine wants to make sure everybody's terrified and tell everybody that everything's going to hell. And so that's how we know that Jesus is soon going to come back. Really? You have to terrify everybody. But, you know, when you look at uh, like and I want to advocate here, uh, like Steven Pinker wrote this book, The, The Better Angels of Our Nature, where he talks about how. You know, violence just in all areas has been on reduction ever since the Middle Ages. I mean, that things are actually a, a lot better, that humanity is more humane today than we were 100 years ago, where it used to be fully acceptable to resolve your differences. If you have a if you and I have an agreement, one of us is going to punch the other in the eye. And that was ex- that that was considered normal. Mm hmm. You know, this was not even a thing that would that police would arrest people for. Now it's assault and battery charges and stuff like that. But 100 years ago, this was expected. You know, you can slap women around. You know, children could be abused. It didn't matter. You know, it, and, and this was the normal thing. When you meet somebody, you find out they're gay. You're supposed to beat them up. That's That was the cultural norm once upon a time. And we've gotten so far past that. And people aren't aware of it. They, they, people are seeing things very much backward of what they used to be. 
Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'll tell you what, we're running a little low on time here, but I did want to get your thoughts on one of the more controversial topics, uh, one of the more controversial issues for the upcoming elections here. More formidable superhero team, X-Men or Avengers? What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, here, I'll I'll give you one that's raised a lot of controversy for me recently. Uh, Punching Nazis, for or against? I don't advocate violence except in, uh, in, in the most desperate of life-threatening situations. So I, I, don't, uh, I don't condone that somebody got punched in the face. You know, my, my thought is that there's always a better attack. I have had very few fights in my life because I've just been good at you know, steering them away. It, and it's never been out of fear. It's you know, just that I've never had to go there. Yeah. All right. Well, believe it or not, that's a controversial opinion these days, but uh, (laughs) that's my Twitter timeline suggests. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, before we wrap this up, if any of our listeners want to help support you or other atheist candidates, uh, where can they go and what what can they do? Well, uh, you can donate to my campaign at rnraw.org. That's A-R-O-N-R-A dot O-R-G. And uh, I, I blog at the Patheos Network under Reason Advocates. Uh, I do all of my activism is supported by patrons on patreon.com forward slash A-R-O-N-R-A. And I need all the help I can get because this is what I do full time now and has been for the last couple of years. I don't I don't know what else to say there other than I do everything that I do is is by uh, is by donations and so forth. So much appreciate the support. Awesome. And I can say you are doing some great work. Well, best of luck with the upcoming campaign. Of course, you'll find all the aforementioned links on the show notes for this episode. And uh, thanks a ton for hanging out tonight, man. Thank you. Before we get to the outtake this week, I wanted to remind you that ReasonCon is now next month. So if you've been planning to come see our live god-awful movies recorded in Hickory, North Carolina, now's the time to get your tickets and book your hotel rooms. There will be links on the show notes for this episode. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, and a new episode of our sister show's hot friend, god-awful movies, debuting 24 hours after that. Obviously, it wouldn't be a real show if I didn't thank Heath Enright for the inestimable sacrifices he makes to keep the show high quality and on time. I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for the only slightly more estimable dedication she has to keeping the funny coming. And I need to thank the man who most personifies inestimability in every way, Eli Bosnick. Also want to thank Brother Brewer from Skeptics Brew Pub for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. Gotta love a podcast with a two-drink minimum, and if you'd like a chance to love it, you'll find a link on the show notes for that as well. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people, Matthew Other, Matthew Jordan, Mother Love and Franco, Absent Kyle, Lalith, James, Megan, Christiane, Michelle, Sean, Matt, Frank, Mo Biscuits, Other other Matthew, Peter, Kenneth, Andrew, Other Matt, and Jackson. Matthew, Other Matthew, Jordan, Franco, and Absent, who are featured on the beer ads that the Dos Equis guy watches. Kyle, Layleth, James, Megan, and Christiane, who are so badass Chuck Norris tells them jokes. Michelle, Sean, Matt, Frank, and Mo Biscuits, who are so superlative that Warren Beatty's pretty sure they won best something. And Other Other Matthew, Peter, Kenneth, Andrew, and Other Matt, whose erections last for more than four time zones. Together, these 20 Matthews and non-Matthews sacrifice their desire to hexagonalize all their drinking water in a valiant and selfless effort to give 
give us money. Not everybody has the pizzazz, jazz, and razzmatazz it takes to give us money, but if you think your ass is up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free edition of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help but your dog ate your podcast donation money, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, sharing our show on social media, and supporting our sponsors. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote and performed all the music used in this episode. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Hashtag the AIDS virus. <laughs> Don't hashtag. That's going to be a depressing hashtag. <laughs> Apparently, there's a bunch of people who take that seriously. I mean, we take it. I'm just don't. <laughs> you want to make a jokey hashtag? That I'm not here to tell you what to do. <laughs> I am. Don't use that hashtag. Yeah, no. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.